Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. Hello and welcome back to A Satellite View. I'm your host, Todd Mickelson, and we're speaking to you from May 24th in the Space and Time Continuum. As per usual, a lot of things going on. Uh, Ron, Meatball Ron, the Sanctimonious. I don't know what that word means. Uh, Somebody explained it to me and I still couldn't grasp but meatball run, I know what meatball means. The sanctimonious, I don't know what sanctimonious. Anyway, uh, Ron DeSantis announced his presidential run on some sort of conversation with Elon Musk on Twitter. And already that just happened, I mean, in the last hour or something. And Fox News, the headline covering that story is. Quote unquote, amateur hour. <laughs> so I haven't checked it out and I don't know that I ever want to. I know I, I check some things out so that I can talk about them here and so that you don't have to check them out, but I just, uh, I may even trust Fox News on this particular thing and just assume that, yeah, that was probably amateur. Uh, you're, you're running for president of the United States. You put yourself in a forum with somebody who's more famous than you, (laughs) and there's nobody cheering. There's no, I'm running for, I would like to announce today my run for the presidency. There's there's no big run-up and a crowd saying, (sighs) but I think it's because uh, Meatball Ron's handlers realize we can't let him be in a room with human beings, because that really hurts his campaign. It hurts him as a candidate. He, you know, space alien, uh, you know, they're, they're all around us. They're everywhere. And Ron DeSantis definitely seems like one of them. There are good space aliens and freaky, weird space aliens walking amongst us all the time, right? <laughs> you know, I... I I don't know how much I would have believed that until I saw these videos of Meatball Run. The the weird laugh that he did. I don't even I can't remember where he was. Now he okay, I don't even want to say it about the thing in Iowa where he wiped his nose and then wiped it on a guy's shirt. I mean, this guy is a freak, obviously. People say he's the smart Trump. I've not seen evidence of it. He seems really dumb, and he's making all the wrong political moves. He's making Florida into a hellscape. The NAACP actually has a travel advisory for Florida. Not a different country, a country where terrorists have attacked America from. No, they have a travel advisory for Florida. Because of Meatball Ron's governorship there. It's okay. I already talked about that way longer than I wanted to. That's something that just happened. Another thing that happened today 
in Florida, Amanda Gorman, her absolutely beautiful poem. I, as I talk about her, I'm almost choking up. It was so beautiful. Amanda Gorman, she's the uh, poet laureate for the United States, 22-year-old woman at the time on uh, Joe Biden's inaugural celebration. She read a poem called The Hill We Climb. And I've watched it a couple times and I just, I'm just sobbing because it's so beautiful. You can maybe hear in my voice that I'm uh, getting emotional even now. It was so beautiful. And the moment of a young, beautiful black woman and with pride reading her intensely amazing poem on that day. It was so touching. And I, as an old white guy, just thought, I love this diversity. I love just immersing myself in the beauty of her doing this and other people like her. The the diversity of America, the more that you are exposed to it, the more happy it makes you, the more beautiful it is. It's life here on planet Earth right now, and all different types of people make up life on Earth. But what happened is in Dade County, Miami-Dade County, one of the one of the actually more liberal counties, I think the most liberal county in Florida, banned The Hill We Climb, Amanda Gorman's poem, from schools because of one parent. When the Republicans are talking about the rights of parents in schools, they're saying one crazy piece of, what, what word can I use? Dung, uh, hateful, scared, petulant parent can take away an immense amount of knowledge learning from all the other kids in the whole school district. That's what Republicans want. It's just, it, it's an absolute atrocity. Now, that's something I wasn't even expecting to talk about. You know, I had an agenda to talk about, but then the news of the day occurs. Also, the news of maybe yesterday, subpoenas for Trump's business dealings in other foreign countries, China, France, Turkey, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, Oman, and Saudi Arabia. It's a subpoena brought by Jack Smith in the classified documents case going on. You know, we sometimes call it the Mar-a-Lago documents, whatever. Everybody speculated, and you and I, we both know. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, right? Jared Kushner gets $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. Years and years ago, I thought there's going to be a documentary made someday about the Trump whole story. And the very first shot is going to be the numbers on a building that are the address of the building. 666. 666 Fifth Avenue. Building that Jared Kushner owns, bought by money that was given to him by Saudi Arabia. He is in Saudi Arabia making the deal for $2 billion while January 6th is happening. He was on his way back from that trip during the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, we know the classified documents. We know Jared Kushner got 
$2 billion because he handed over those classified documents to Saudi Arabia. We have called an ally for decades, even though they are the ones who planned the attack on America in 9-11. And so many more things, but more news of the week or the day. (laughs) I think something is going to come out of that, and I think it's going to lead to a documentary that starts with the address on a building 666. It's so imaginable, is it not? It's predictable, is it not? We all know the reason Trump kept these classified documents, even after he was subpoenaed to give them back, is because he was making deals. I'll give you this if you give me that. Quid pro quo. Maddening. Another thing that happened today that's pretty funny is, uh, again, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I guess she's just Marjorie Taylor now because she's divorced from her husband after having two affairs, breaking all of her family values rules. They're all hypocrites. She, again, was given the gavel to oversee the runnings, the goings-on on the House floor. And she said, <laughs> there's a video of it. She said, okay, everybody is now expected to go along with the decorum of the House. And the whole House breaks out in laughter. <laughs> of course, because she's the last person who has the right to say that. That was kind of a fun moment. What I do want to, what I was meaning to talk about, we're going to take a short breather and we're going to come back and I'm going to talk about polling and how we need to handle polling. And I want to talk about something that I think is extremely interesting. I'm calling it the shift in media. And we'll go into some details when we come back on a satellite view. Back on a satellite view, I'm your host, Todd Mickelson. I said I wanted to talk about a shift in media and how we should deal with polls. Another thing I want to talk about is what's going on right now, the debt ceiling. Like I said, we're talking to you from May 24th in the space and time continuum. It's been announced by the Treasury Secretary that by June 1st, we will not be able to pay some of our bills and we're going to have to pick and choose which we can't which is not constitutional nobody's allowed to pick and choose which bills we can and can't pay so you've heard a lot of talk about the 14th amendment and that the president has an obligation to make sure that we pay all of our bills the republicans kevin mccarthy has this idiotic story where if your kid goes out and uses your credit card and brings it up to the limit are you going to raise the limit? No, that's not what it is. It's more like if you have a credit card that has no limit and you decide for yourself, I only want to spend $10,000 on this credit card. And then you unexpectedly charge this and that, and all of a sudden you absolutely need the final purchase and it exceeds the $10,000. Say it brings it up to $12,000. 
you can't tell your credit card, okay, I, I'm only going to pay $10,000 of this $12,000. The credit card's going to raise your interest level. They're going to lower your credit rating, and they may even cancel your credit card. That's how that works. The debt ceiling actually shouldn't exist. That's just a made-up BS thing. If you have a credit card that has no limit and you run it up to $12,000, but you yourself have decided that I don't want to run this up more than $10,000, no one else cares about that except you. So we absolutely cannot default. And I'm sick of the people I'm about to talk about on the shift of media. A lot of liberal commentators who have uh, YouTube shows and podcasts and things like that have been criticizing Joe Biden for how he's handling this whole, if you want to call it negotiations, but it's actually not a negotiation. Joe Biden has said, I'm not going to, there's no negotiation. We're going to raise the debt ceiling without negotiation. He's stuck firm to that. So all these people who are doubting how he's handling it, Steve Roschetti is on his team. He was chairman of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. Roschetti previously served as chief of staff to Vice President Biden during the Obama administration and deputy chief of staff of operations under President Bill Clinton. He's a master at economic politics. And you know who else is? Joe Biden. Joe Biden was in the 90s during the Clinton administration as a senator, was at the top of economic politics and how to handle it. These guys know what they're doing. I've always trusted they know what they're doing. I know they're not going to let us go in default. And I don't want them to negotiate with Kevin McCarthy, who's an idiot. Now, Kevin McCarthy says, you need to approve my budget. He has not been able to approve his budget. He does not have votes in the House. He does not have enough votes in the House to pass any budget. He has not passed a budget. When he says, we rose the debt ceiling, but Joe Biden's blocking it. He's lying. He hasn't done anything in the House of Representatives. <laughs> he says, I have gotten the House of Representatives, the, the Republican caucus, to agree to this. Well, not enough to bring it to the House floor for a vote. He has not voted in a budget. He keeps saying, Joe Biden needs to approve our budget and then we'll raise the debt ceiling. Joe Biden's saying, I'm not going to negotiate for the debt ceiling. What's going on here could be that Joe Biden knows, and Steve Roschetti also knows, that Kevin McCarthy cannot, I mean, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, what if Joe Biden just said, okay, Kevin, here's your bone, go chew on it in the corner. I'll give you everything you're asking for in this stupid, silly petulant letter from the craziest people in your caucus, because you're not showing me a budget. You're showing me this silly, petulant letter from the Freedom Caucus. It means nothing. Even if you could pass this in the House, which you can't, you could never pass it through the Senate. And even if you pass it through the Senate, I would veto it. So yeah, I'll give you everything you're asking for. Go tell your idiotic Freedom Caucus, people who don't even know how to write a bill, go tell them Joe Biden gave us everything we wanted. And you then, you and your little playmates, you go play in the corner. I know how to handle a four-year-old petulant bully little boy and his idiotic followers. Go play in the corner. I'll give you everything you want. 
Now raise the debt ceiling and go play in your corner. And the rest of the country can ignore them and, you know, they'll be quietly playing with their bone in the corner. I guess that would be like a dog metaphor, right? Anyway, that's one thing that I've thought. Why, why not just why not just do it, do it that way? But also, if you are going to negotiate, because a budget does need to be passed later in the year, this fall, a budget does need to be passed. If you do need to negotiate with Republicans, maybe Joe Biden is holding the debt ceiling over them for negotiating now, as opposed to negotiating with them on their budget in the fall when he has less leverage because the debt ceiling isn't there for leverage anymore. Now, that's an idea. That latest idea is something I got from Lawrence O'Donnell. He said that on his television show last night. I don't want to take credit for it. I give people their credit. I get my information from good sources. The reason my outlook is different than regular media is because I use very good sources. I don't think this stuff up myself. During the election, I used sources like Simon Rosenberg, Victor Xi. Now we're talking about polling. They don't forget that the young people, Gen Z, is not a part of polling, modern-day polling. You probably heard of a poll where Trump is beating Biden by seven points. Okay, there are no Gen Z people in that poll. Many of these polls are like 500 people. Even the Star Tribune here in Minnesota, they'll say, oh, well, you know, the Minnesotans disagree with the DFL stance on paid family and medical leave by 52 points to 48 points. We polled 500 people from rural Minnesota. <laughs> you know, that's a useless poll. That's a useless poll. Many, many, most, if not all, polls are completely inaccurate. They don't know how to handle this anymore. People don't answer their phones. Gen Z has their own cell phones, and they don't answer calls from people they don't know. Even if they were called, I have a Gen Z daughter. She's never been called for a poll. Ask yourself, how many times have you been called for a poll? Who are these people they're polling? Gen Z is not a part of the polling. That's why things keep happening that everybody's like, oh my God, I did not see that coming. Like the Kansas election on uh, abortion rights last summer. Wisconsin last month. Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protasewicz won. She didn't just win by a little bit of a margin from Dan Kelly, the Magot Federalist Society-backed candidate. She won by 11 points, 55.5 to 44.5%. And that's because Gen Z turned out. Now, that was not predicted. Another election. Oh, my God. How could this have happened in Florida? The most freaked up right wing state where voter suppression is the only reason that Florida is owned by red right now. They're very purple, if not blue. Donna Deegan beat Daniel Davis for the Jacksonville, Florida mayorship. Davis outraised her by four to one. So Daniel Davis was endorsed by Meatball Ron DeSantis. Donna Deegan is the Democrat. First woman ever to be the mayor of Jacksonville and the only the second Democrat in more than 30 years to become the mayor of Jacksonville. Now, the winner, Donna Deegan, was outraised four to one. Money had nothing to do with it. It was messaging and it was voter turnout and it was Gen Z. 
And the Republicans don't know how to stop Gen Z from voting. They've figured out how to make people of color. They've figured out how to stop them from voting. They have not figured out how to make Gen Z stop voting. Again, uh, everything starting in 2018, 2020, 2022, and all these other elections that happen at all different times of the year that are way less known, Gen Z is turning out and absolutely surprising anyone, everyone who watches the polls. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the shift in media. And this is something that I'm noticing more and more. So you hear CNN's ratings are going way, way down. They were below Newsmax. Newsmax is only online. You can't get Newsmax on cable TV or regular TV. CNN, the biggest news cable TV station since uh, the first invasion of Iraq in 1991, even before that, CNN, Cable News Network is what CNN stands for. They Their ratings are way, way down, especially after the crap they've been pulling. They're below Newsmax. Newsmax is uh, an amateur hour, only online. You can find Newsmax things like on YouTube and stuff. CNN is below that. The three television stations, their ratings are, are way down. Fox News ratings are way down, way down. People are shifting to watching things on YouTube. This is what I do, actually. People like Brian Tyler Cohen, he he does news segments. He plays video clips. He also does commentary on them. He's got 2 million subscribers. Fox News can't get 2 million viewers on their shows. And you also got to wonder... You know, you can watch these shows at any time. So even MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, a lot of people watch her show online after the fact. Now, of course, that happens with Fox News and other things too. But Brian Tyler Cohen, he he just uh, less than a week ago surpassed 2 million subscribers. The uh, Young Turks have 5.43 million subscribers. They've been around for a long time. I watch a lot of this stuff on YouTube while I'm screwing in nozzles at my business when I'm making my patented rainmaker in my shop and other products that I've come up with. I have a lot of, you know, I can have all this on in the background. That's why I do all of this this, uh, research so that you don't have to. Another great uh, source is Midas Touch Network. A lot of lawyers on there who who uh, really go through the ins and outs of all of these lawsuits that are going on. Very interesting and uh, knowledgeable insights on Midas Touch Network. They have 1.2 million subscribers, and they're very new, actually. So a shift in media. You have young people. They're not watching television. I mean, I don't. I haven't watched ABC or NBC or CBS for. I don't even watch the Sunday shows anymore. They're completely valueless to me. And I'm an old white guy. Gen Z, they don't watch that. Gen Z doesn't watch Fox News. Gen Z doesn't even watch CNN or probably MSNBC. Rachel Maddow is the the most popular show on the cable, you know, the MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. She beats out. Fox News on her timeline has for a couple of years. 
Gen Z. I don't know if that, I, I think even Rachel Maddow is kind of not all that well known to them. They get their information from other sources. The media sources are changing and it's harder and harder to follow. That's why polling, for instance, there's a Fox News poll from April 28th of this year. Fox News, talking about gun safety. Background checks, 87% are in favor. Legal age of 21, disallow people younger than 21 to buy guns, 81% in favor. Fox News poll, less than a month ago, assault weapons ban, 80% in favor. Now, what if they were able to include Gen Z in this poll? You think assault weapons ban would be 80% or would it be more like 98%? Even without being able to get Gen Z to be a part of this, a Fox News poll has assault weapons ban at 80% in favor. That's where America's at. America is not divided. Elected officials in Washington are divided. Elected officials in St. Paul here in Minnesota, the Republican and Democratic Elected officials are very divided, but America is not divided. America is liberal. America is progressive. America wants to move forward. They don't want to move backward. And they know things like an assault weapon ban would be a good thing to do to protect our children. And all of us. We all have to be nervous wherever we go because some idiot can get his hands on an AR-15 because the Republicans want to make sure that the gun manufacturers make as much money as they can. The Republicans want to make sure that American mass shooters are the best equipped in the world. That's what they're most proud of. Other things, too, that are as reprehensible. But we're not on that subject right now. And we've run out of time. I'm Todd Mickelson. You've been listening to A Satellite View. You've been listening to A Satellite View with Todd Mickelson. Go to toddmickelson.com for links and more information.